Welcome to Grace and Glory Audio, featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew. Today, Pastor Matthew continues in the Gospel of Matthew with this sermon entitled, Advance Warning, preached on August 20th, 1995. Now, if you have your Bible with you, please turn to Matthew chapter 13. Matthew 13, verse 24 through 30, and also verse 36 through 43. Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. When the wheat sprouted and formed heads, then the weeds also appeared. The owner's servants came to him and said, Sir, Didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where then did the weeds come from? An enemy did this, he replied. The servants asked him, do you want us to go and pull them up? No, he answered, because while you are pulling the weeds, you may root up the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. At that time, I will tell the harvesters, First, collect the weeds and tie them in bundles to be burned. Then gather the wheat and bring it into my barn. Verse 36, then he left the crowd and went into the house. His disciples came to him and said, explain to us the parable of the weeds in the field. He answered, the one who sowed the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world, and the good seed stands for the sons of the kingdom. The weeds are the sons of the evil one, and the enemy who sows them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the harvesters are angels. As the weeds are pulled up and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send out his angels. And they will weed out of his kingdom everything that causes sin and all who do evil. They will throw them into the fiery furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. He who has ears, let him hear. Advanced warning is given in these parables. So no one on that day will be surprised by reality. From the weather experts, we receive advanced warning about storms. We are supposed to pay heed to these warnings and take steps necessary for our safety. Sometimes these weather predictions fail to come to pass, and people tend to ignore future warnings to their own loss. But the advanced warning of God we must always pay attention to because God's prediction always comes to pass. God gave Adam and Eve advanced warning about eating the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Adam failed to take warning and he did 
spiritually die the day he ate the forbidden fruit. Through Noah, God again warned the rebellious people of the impending destruction of the world by a universal flood. It surely came to pass, even though only eight people, only Noah's family, was saved. And all others perished in the flood. In the same way Jesus gives in the parable of the weeds warning concerning judgment to come upon all false disciples of Jesus and all workers of iniquity. This gentle and compassionate Jesus is given by the Father all authority to judge. This gentle and compassionate Jesus will send the impenitent and the unbelieving to hell one day. So these parables are speaking about unbelievers in the church as well as in the world. God is not judging sin right away. And this causes people to think that he will not judge. They would say there is no hell. The patience of God itself contributes to human wickedness and hardness of heart. But there is a day of judgment. The parable of the weeds in the field of the master, the son of man, where sons of God are sown and growing, his enemy, the devil, in malice and hatred, so tears sons of the devil. This tear is lolium temulentum. That's the name, botanical name. Botanically, this tear is close to wheat and is indistinguishable when it is young. There are false disciples in the church. They look like true disciples who received the gospel into a good heart, who understood the gospel, who with patience produced fruit, but they look like true Christians, but they are not true Christians. These people represent soil number two and one and three, people who will not produce fruit for the glory of God the Father. They will not sell all with gladness to possess the hidden treasure. They will not sell all gladly to possess the one pearl of great price. They are those who on the day of judgment cry out to Christ, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and perform many miracles? But Christ will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. Jesus says it is impossible, of course, to have a 100% pure church. Oh, there are 
sinners in the world, but there are also sinners in the church. They look like true believers, but they are not true believers. They are sons of the devil, Jesus says. There will be always false disciples who appear like the true Christians. But a separation will come at the end of the ages. The weeds shall be collected and cast into a furnace of fire. God will separate the genuine from the false. God will separate from the genuine from all sons of the devil. And cast them into hell. This parable is teaching about the day of separation. The day of hell. The day of judgment. The day of the Lord. And then he will receive the sons of God into his heaven. The parable of the dragnet. The dragnet brings up all manner of fish. But there shall be a separation of the good from the worthless and useless one day. There shall be a separation of the righteous from the wicked on the day of judgment at the end of the age. The worthless shall be cast into the fiery furnace. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. The parable of the weeds. Speak of the future aspect of the kingdom of God. Which is already present now in the preaching of the gospel. The kingdom has come in Jesus Christ. The kingdom is growing. And there is a future aspect of this kingdom when Jesus Christ himself will come in great glory. With his angels. And he will judge. And he will save. The emphasis on these parables is on judgment of the wicked and their disposition in hell. This is serious stuff. This is advanced warning from the lips of him who is the truth. These parables serve as a warning for all of us. First, it gives us the warning About an enemy. There is an enemy. This enemy is the enemy of Jesus Christ. And this one is the enemy. Of every believer. And when we turn to the book of Genesis chapter 3. You see this enemy. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals. The Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? There is the enemy. And we see this in verse 15. And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. There is an enemy. There is a devil, a personal devil. There are demons. The devil has a gospel. When the gospel of God is being preached, the devil also is preaching a gospel into the minds of people. And what is the gospel of this enemy? And the gospel is, you don't have to be a creature. You don't have to obey anybody. 
You don't have to listen to anybody. You can be God. You can be a king. Do not listen to this gospel because the gospel is speaking about a God that you should worship and serve and obey. Oh no. My gospel is you are God. Do what you want. The gospel of the devil is do not listen to God's word. God is a liar. What he tells is not truth. And the gospel of the devil says eat and drink and be merry. The gospel of the devil says there is no day of separation. There is no day of the Lord. There is no day of judgment. There is no hell. Jesus Christ spoke to his disciples and said you should think seriously about following me. You should hate your father, mother, your wife, your children, your brother, your sisters. You must hate your own life. You must deny yourself, take up the cross and follow me. But Satan says... You don't have to deny yourselves. You must affirm yourselves. You don't have to take up the cross at all. You don't have to hate your father, your life. You don't have to follow Jesus Christ. He says, make money. Make more money. Enjoy life now to the fullest. And there is no hell at all. But let me tell you, Jesus Christ said, the thief comes to steal and kill and destroy. Sons of the devil are in the church. This is serious warning. You better listen. Serious stuff. Are you listening to this gospel of the devil that opposes the gospel of God? Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, which demands repentance and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. This gospel of the devil that gives you cheap grace and easy life. This gospel of the devil that tells you enjoy life now to the fullest. Pleasure is all that you should be interested in. And there are preachers who are preachers of the devil. There are preachers of the devil throughout the world right now. But they don't say this is church of the devil. They are pastors in evangelical churches throughout the world. And they are preaching a false gospel. Which says you don't have to repent. Which says look for an experience. Look for health and wealth. Look for a church that will make you happy. But don't go to a church that preaches the word and demands repentance and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and discipleship to Jesus Christ. Don't go to a church that preaches the gospel for 45 minutes. Go to a church where sermon is 10 minutes and it is entertainment. These people and these pastors on that day will find themselves in the bottomest part of hell. There will be degrees of punishment in hell. But at the bottom you will find preachers who denied the word of God. And who refused to declare God's truth to the people and warn them. And then on top of them you will find all the so-called Christians who looked for pleasure and entertainment and happiness 
and multiplied for themselves teachers who massaged their ears. Now let me tell you, Christ crushed the devil on the cross. Once for all he defeated this devil, but he still prowls around. Peter warns us in 1 Peter chapter 5 and, and verse 8. He's prowling around like a lion trying to devour. Sons of the devil alone he will be able to devour. No son of God will be devoured by false gospel and by the devil. Let's turn to 2 Corinthians where St. Paul warns us about the devil and his ministry. The devil and his agents working hard to spread the gospel of antinomianism. 2 Corinthians chapter 11 beginning with verse 1. I hope you will put up with a little of my foolishness but you are already doing that. I'm jealous for you with a godly jealousy. I promised you to one husband to Christ so that I might present you as a pure virgin to him. But I am afraid that just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's cunning, your minds may somehow be led astray from your sincere and pure devotion to Christ. And then, we are told in verse 13 through 15, let me read it to you, for such men are false prophets, speaking about preachers, deceitful workmen, masquerading as apostles of Christ, and no wonder, for Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. It is no surprising then if his servants masquerade as servants of righteousness, their end will be what their actions deserve. There is going to be a judgment one day. And Jesus Christ spoke about it in the 25th chapter of the Gospel of Matthew and verse 41. Then he will say to those on, on his left, Depart from me, you who are cursed into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. That's a warning given in the Holy Scripture. There is an enemy of Jesus Christ and that is the devil and his angels and his servants who in the name of Christianity proclaim a false gospel and damn thousands and thousands of people throughout the world. Secondly, we are given a warning that everything is going to go the same way. Oh, if winter comes, can spring be far behind this idea of a cyclical view of history? Things are going to go the same way. No, 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 no. There is a suntelea. There is an end. There is end of the ages. There is a day of judgment. The day of the Lord is coming. There is a warning given that there will be a separation. The dragnet will drag everything up to the shore. And God's Christ will come and he will command his angels to do the separating. And they will be separated into two. No, there is no tertium quid. There is no third anything. People will be separated into two. 
we are told about it wheat or tares sheep or goats wise virgin or foolish virgin good fish worthless fish clothed with righteousness unclothed with righteousness sons of god sons of the devil two separation into two this mixture will not continue forever this playing of the game will not continue forever one day there shall be a revelation of the sons of god and sons of the devil there is no third anything there is no purgatory purgatory was devised by the roman catholic church to make money and there was no other purpose than to make money and protestants have their own purgatories where people are massaged to make money but let me tell you one day there is a separation and the warning is given to us in these parables by jesus christ himself and it will be a clear division you and i may not know who is the son of god or who is son of the devil but jesus christ will have no difficulty in identifying the good from the bad the pure virgin from the false virgin the sheep from the goat and the one justified by christ's righteousness and the one justified by his own righteousness he will have no difficulty to separate the good from the bad it will be clearly done and easily done by jesus christ who knows our hearts and let me tell you it will be a permanent division no change after your death your death decides a permanent destiny either you die in jesus christ either you sleep in jesus christ or you die in your sins in your rebellion in your unbelief there is a chasm there is a gulf that separates these two none can go from hell to heaven once you die but satan comes and he says there is no hell and you believe it and you say that preacher is standing up there and preaching about this hell business we all know as modern people as scientific people as men of intellectual distinction we know there is no hell there is no devil there is no angel there is no god there is no heaven creation is all that is and was will be is the religion of the devil oh he says there is no hell but even if there is a hell enjoy life now you can repent later on in life you are young aren't you this is the time you should enjoy enjoy now maybe you can repent later on and then the devil comes later on and he says you see it may be that you'll be able to repent after your death there is a possibility and you listen to it and then he comes and says you know it may be that you may be able to defend yourself and justify yourself on the day of judgment you'll be able to defend yourself before this jesus christ oh the lie of the devil and this lie is sold covered with the sugar of pleasures of life that's why the lie is bought 
And number three, there is a warning here, advance warning about hell. Let me give you a description of hell that is given in the Bible in terms of various metaphors. It is called outer darkness. Outer darkness. You'll be thrown into outer darkness. Inside is light. Inside is God. Inside is blessing. Inside is feasting. Inside is fellowship. Inside is joy. Inside is peace. Inside is righteousness. But you are thrown, flung out into the outer darkness. It is called the lake of fire. It is called a place of weeping and gnashing of teeth. It is called eternal separation from God and his presence and blessings. It is called a prison. It is called in the Bible a place of torment where worms do not die. It is called a place of destruction. It is called a place of remembrance. It is called Gehenna. Gehenna was a place of garbage on the south side of the city of Jerusalem. It was a place of perpetual burning of garbage. The final indignity offered to the executed criminal was that his body was flung into Gehenna. Thus Gehenna became a symbol for hell to come. Hell is described in physical imagery of burning and darkness and weeping. Because the reality of hell is so great that it is unimaginable for us. Satan comes and tells us, you know, hell in a discounted way. You know, I had to go through hell at the airport. I had to wait for three hours and we think that was hell. Or I had to live with my wife. I went through hell. This is the way we understand that itself is through Satan. He is saying that hell is like that. You may have perpetual back pain. That is not hell. Let me tell you that. It has nothing to do with hell. No one has experienced hell yet. No one has experienced hell in any degree yet. It is going to be the most ghastly experience so Jesus uses symbols to describe hell. Somebody said a sinner in hell will prefer a literal lake of fire to the reality of hell represented in the lake of fire. It was the gentle and compassionate Jesus who spoke more about hell than anybody else. Why did he do so? He did so to warn us. I tell you, the Bible alone is the truth. People lie in the morning. They lie at noon. They lie in the night. And the politicians nowadays consider lying is the proper way of speaking. We all have accepted this relativism. We all indulge in lies and delusion. But Jesus Christ says, no, there is. There is a hell. Go home and read Matthew 13, verse 42, verse 50, Matthew 22, verse 13, Matthew 25, verse 30, 41, 46. You read, says, lake of fire, gnashing your teeth and weeping. Symbols, yes, 
but pointing to an unimaginable reality. What is? What are the characteristics of this hell? First, it is everlasting and unending. That's what it is. We read that in the 25th chapter and elsewhere. 25th chapter of Matthew, verse 41. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you who are cursed into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. It is unending. You know, even if we have great pain, some hope we have, it will end somehow, sometime. But there is no end to hell. Number two, it is described as affliction and torment in the scriptures. Number three, those in hell will have this powerful memory, powerful ability to remember everything that happened. To remember the fact that they came to church and the gospel was preached to them. Remember how they denied the Christ. How they were rebellious. How people pleaded with them, prayed for them, but they rejected. Everything will come to their mind with crystal clarity. Let's turn to the book of Luke, the 16th chapter, where Jesus Christ says this in the 25th verse. But Abraham replied, son, he was in hell. Remember that in your lifetime you received your good things. Remember Every degree of amnesia will be relieved. And you will be given a body of shame. But a body that will remember everything. How you defied your father, your mother, the preacher, the teacher, everybody else. And asserted your own arrogance. And lived on. And rejected the gospel and relationship with Christ. And it will be a hell that is self-chosen. Let's turn to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 10 and 11. And in every sort of evil that deceives those who are perishing, they perish because they refuse to love the truth and so be saved. For this reason, God sends them a powerful delusion that is the word of the devil, so that they will believe the lie. And so that all be condemned who have not believed the truth, but have delighted in wickedness. Oh no, Jesus will send you, there is no question about it, but he will send you because you have deliberately chosen hell. Deliberately denied believing the truth. It is a self-chosen destiny that is waiting for every unbeliever and false disciples. And not only that, in hell, you'll be able to see heaven. That's the amazing problem. You will be able to see what is going on in heaven. That joy, that fellowship, that communion, that blessing, that festivity, that eternal bliss. You will be seeing that. But you are shut out. Oh, And not only that, think about the company you will keep in hell, devil and his angels. And not only that, we are warned here as we study scripture number four. 
There is a warning given that there is going to be a resurrection of the just and the unjust. Oh, it is taught in Daniel 12, verse 2 and 3. And John 5, verse 28 and 29, Jesus Christ himself says, let's turn to John, 20, John 5, 28 and 29. What is Jesus Christ speaking? He is warning again. He says, this, do not be amazed at this, for a time is coming when all who are in their graves will hear his voice, all of them, just and unjust, and come out at the summons of the Lord of lords and King of kings. Those who have done good will rise to live, and those who have done evil will rise to be condemned by him. And in Acts 24 and verse 15, St. Paul is speaking to Felix and Agrippa and everybody else. There is going to be a resurrection of the just and the unjust. Paul spoke about righteousness and judgment and self-control and Felix trembled but did not believe in the gospel. But the warning is given there is a resurrection of the just and the unjust and everyone will have to face him and must confess that Jesus is Lord every tongue will confess and every knee shall bow there is a resurrection number five we are given warning advance warning that there is a judge who will judge and who is that judge read John 5 22 and 27 and other passages, not the Father, the Father has given the Son all the authority to judge. It is this gentle, compassionate Jesus Christ himself will be the one who will be judging everybody. In Matthew 10 and verse 28, Jesus says this to his own disciples. Do not be afraid of those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Jesus Christ, this compassionate, gracious Lamb of God, will be the one who will be judging you and judging me. Oh, let us turn also to Second Thessalonians and read a little bit about this warning given by the Apostle. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 and beginning with verse 6. God is just. He will pay back trouble to those who trouble you and give relief to you who are troubled and to us as well. This will happen when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven how in blazing fire with his powerful angels. He will punish those who do not know God and do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus. They'll be punished with everlasting destruction and shut out from the presence of the Lord and from the majesty of his power. On the day he comes to be glorified in his holy people and to be marveled at among all those who have believed. Think about it. This Jesus, this gracious Jesus who said, come unto me, I'll give you rest. This Jesus who died on the cross, 
for our sins. This Jesus who was raised from death. This Jesus who ascended into the heavens. This Jesus who is seated on the right hand of God the Father. This Jesus shall come again with splendor and glory and in blazing fire to do the judging. Advance warning is given to us. Number six. There is coming a cosmic cleansing. There is going to be a cleansing of this universe. Of every ungodliness and every worker of iniquity. And that is taught us in Matthew 13 and verse 41. The Son of Man will send out his angels and they will weed out of his kingdom. Everything that causes sin and all who do evil. There is going to be a cosmic cleaning up of his kingdom. Advance warning is given to all that mock Jesus Christ and his gospel. Number seven, what is Jesus Christ saying to us in terms of these teachings, in terms of this advance warning? He is telling us what to repent. Let's turn to the book of Luke and the 13th chapter. People came to Jesus and reported a news. Now there were some present at that time who told Jesus about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mixed with their sacrifices. In other words, Pilate killed people while they were worshiping. Jesus answered, he was not excited about what happened. Do you think that these Galileans were worse sinners than all other Galileans because they suffered this way? I tell you not, but unless you repent, you too will all perish. Jesus Christ gave the advance warning, repent. You see, they died, but you are living, you are breathing, your mind is working, you are capable of hearing the gospel. You repent unless you will perish. He knew all about hell. Let's turn to the book of Matthew, 22nd chapter. There was a great feast given, and the robe for the feast also was given there. But there was a guy who said, well, you know, I don't have to be so attired. I am an individualist. I have my own taste. I'll put on what I want to put on. And he showed up. Verse 11, but when the king came in to see the guests, he noticed a man there who was not wearing wedding clothes. Friend, he asked, how did you get in here without wedding clothes? The man was speechless. You cannot hire lawyers to defend yourself. Speechless, every tongue shall cleave to the roof of the mouth. When you come before Jesus Christ, then the king told the attendants, tie him hand and foot and throw him outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Sneaking in, into the church, into the kingdom of God at the same time refused to bow his knees before Jesus Christ. Pretending to be a Christian, pretending to be a believer, pretending to be nice, pretending to be a disciple but refusing to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ without vital Christianity. There are a lot of people, they are true to their confession. They have a certain theoretical understanding of things, but with their hearts, they will not believe in God. 
There is wise virgin and foolish virgin. There was a separation, isn't that true? So Peter says, make your calling and election sure. Sure. Do you love Jesus Christ? Do you believe in Jesus Christ? Do you repent of your sins and believe in Christ alone for your salvation? Do you love him with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength? True believers have nothing to worry about. You will know them by their fruits. They repent. They believe. They obey God gladly. True Christians love the word. And love the counsel, love the law of God. They, they sell all gladly to possess this one pearl of great price. They love God with their heart, with their inside. They love him because they are born of God. They do persevere. They are going to shine like the sun, we are told. Hallelujah. 2 Timothy 2, 19 and following where St. Paul is approaching his moment of death. And this is what he is saying. Nevertheless, God's solid foundation stands firm, sealed with this inscription. The Lord knows those who are his. And everyone who confesses the name of the Lord must turn away from wickedness. How do we know God's people? They will turn away from wickedness. They are not the ones who run around and say, I'm a Christian. How come you are a Christian? I, I said Jesus is Lord. Salvation is by grace. I don't have to do anything. Oh, no. Here, St. Paul says, the Lord knows those who are his. And everyone who confesses the name of the Lord must turn away from wickedness. Advance warning. Advance warning is given to you, young man. Young boy, young girl, old man, middle-aged man. It is time that we put away foolishness and stupidity and superficiality and joke and game-playing and pretension. Jesus Christ alone tells truth. Nobody else will. They lie in the morning, they lie at noon, they lie in the evening. Everybody is lying. Lie, 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 and we all enjoy it. We cover ourselves with the lies. But praise be to God, there is a book in which God tells us the real thing. Don't you think that you will live for a long time? I think that well, this is the delusion that we have in our head and we get upset and the doctor tells us you are going to die tomorrow. It is by sheer mercy of God that an infant lives one minute. An infant lives one minute by sheer mercy of God. And yet you lived 70 years, 40 years, 30 years, 15 years without bowing before Christ and said, God, have mercy upon me. May God help you to put away pretense and hypocrisy and stupidity and this know-it-all mentality that somehow God will accept your claim that you are a Christian. Lord, Lord, we prophesied, we cast out demons and we perform miracles. Doesn't mean anything. Think about it. 
What do you do when you are alone? And when nobody is looking at you? When you have the freedom to do whatever you want to do? What is it that you want to do? What is your definition of pleasure and joy? What is it that your mind is thinking about? And coming at it from this way and that way, what is it? Think about it a little bit. Exercise your mind. Advance warning given. There is an end. There is a harvest. There is a separation. There is a resurrection of the just and the unjust. There is a judging. There is a hell. He who sends you to hell is the same one who saves you. Can you imagine that? The same one who saves you is the one who sends you. And the highest sin for which a person will be sent to hell is not adultery. It's not stealing. They all are serious sins. But the highest sin for sending a person to hell by Jesus Christ is the rejection of Jesus Christ our Savior and Lord. Every phony will be identified as phony that day. All sham will be over. All pretense he will remove. Goats shall go to the circle of goats and the sheep to the circle of sheep. The good to the good, the bad to the bad. Think about it. Have you sold everything for Jesus? This is serious. Those at the bottom of hell are ministers of the gospel. Ministers of the gospel. They'll be at the bottom of it. Many ministers who have rejected Christ's teaching on hell. We have come to believe a lie. Oh, look at that pastor. He's a very nice pastor. He doesn't preach anymore about hell and repentance and all those things, you know. That's a wonderful pastor he is. But let me tell you, he is going to go to the bottomest part of hell because he leads people astray. Heavenly Father, we praise you and thank you that you spoke your word to us again, the gospel that tells us Life is in the Son. Lord, we pray that you grant faith to your people, that they may believe in Jesus Christ and be saved. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.